It's, it's, a, it's a, you know, that's a great question. Um, originally, it was I had B2B data, so I can only sell to business to business. But that's not to say I've, I've spoken to some founders. One of them is actually a very good friend of Dan Martel. Um, and business to consumer is not, it's, it's, it's very sexy as well. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to season three of Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm, of course, Phil Better, and this season is presented to you by Unicorn Incubator. Unicorn is the largest rural incubator accelerator of its kind in the world. Located in southwestern France, Salah, its mission is to give entrepreneurs and their families their lives back while helping them build game-changing technology startups. Startups in the company are provided with a complete ecosystem for success, with direct access to proven funding sources, top-notch legal and accounting representation, access to the world's most generous business incentives, and most importantly, a dedicated sales and marketing accelerator that will put a startup's product or service on the fast track to success. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Investing Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. I am, of course, your host with the most Phil Better. And today we are investing in Sean Finder, the founder of AutoClose, an amazing product for uh, B2B businesses. Um, he is the founder and who recently exited from his company, as well as how it turned him into a serial entrepreneur, an angel investor, and a podcaster. Uh, we get to talking about his journey taking his second company from bootstrap to being acquired. He shares some tips on what it's like to have your company being bond and what's up next for him. Uh, I'm going to give you a, just a quick bio of Sean. Sean started his first business out of school, which was distributing cosmetic packages, packaging from the Orient. And in 2014, he launched Exchange Leads that provided high quality B2B contacts to companies in North America. Then in 2017, Sean, Sean parlayed Exchange Leads into AutoClose, which was acquired in October 2020. So I, I was really happy to get Sean on the podcast. I, I told him a bit off air that he was the first guy uh, on the show uh, to be uh, acquired. So let's go ahead and uh, listen into this episode. Uh, Sean, thank you very much for being on the show. How about you give uh, my audience a 30 second little intro, a little elevator pitch about who you are? Perfect. My name is Sean Finder. Um, I'm born here in Toronto, Canada. Um, was a former semi-professional tennis player turned entrepreneur. Um, built my first company um, just at a university. Um, my first SaaS company in 2014. Um, parlayed that into my second one in 2017, and we just had a successful exit October 2020. Um, and that's a little bit about me. I'm sure we'll get into a lot more about all that stuff during the podcast. Of course, of course. So. You, how does it feel to exit a company that you built? Because not a lot of people have that experience at our age. I'm guessing yeah. we're around the same age. I'm, I'm guessing <laughs> you're not 85. Uh, <laughs> you're a little millennial because you're using the millennial language. But what does it feel like to exit a company when you're like in your 30s? You know what? It was funny. I, I thought it would be a lot different. One of the one of the mistakes I made was the day we got acquired. The next day, I start to work for the company. So we had an 18 month transition. So I didn't really get to enjoy it. And also it was like, I didn't get to go on a vacation because at that time COVID just happened. Yeah. So it was like, it was like, okay. So it was like one day I'm the CEO and the next day I'm the sales general manager, but I didn't really get to enjoy it. But you know what? Um, the passion, no matter if I was the owner or not, is still there. Cause it's feel like it was my baby. I built it from the ground up. Uh, I don't think that'll ever 
leave, but I guess, you know, when I can start taking a few vacations and then maybe enjoying some of the, the money I got from the exit, it'll be a little bit different, but so far I haven't been able to do that. Okay, no. Um, so you went from CEO to sales manager. Yeah. Are you still currently sales manager or have you exited fully from the role? So uh, within the acquisition, um, they made me stay on for 18 months. Okay. So when we got acquired, part of it was I have 18 months and, and obviously it was, it was a cash equity deal. So there is still incentive for me to continue to work for them. Um, but I would say my title is sales general manager, but I still do the CEO founder stuff every day. Yeah. Um, I'm still managing the entire business because, you know, people think that once you get acquired, it just, it's a quick transition. It's a very slow transition. <laughs> we're sick. We're about five, six months in right now. And, um, and it's still, it's still very slow. So uh, it doesn't happen overnight. Okay. Okay. Um, so that's where you are now. I'm not going to ask you where you're going because you're still in the transition period. You don't yeah. want to give away too much information. Uh, but you, uh, you said you started your first business. What was your first SaaS business? So the first business I started was called Exchange Leads. And Exchange Leads was, if you remember back when they um, Jigsaw, which was acquired by Salesforce, it was called data.com. It was providing high quality B2B data to, for prospecting. So we built that model and what happened was we, we built the business and at some point the clients were like, well, we love your data, Sean, we're using your data, but we have to use another platform to actually email the data. And at that point I felt like just SaaS in general, there's a lot of consolidation happening in the space. So I said, you know, why not take some of the money instead of paying the Canadian government uh, taxes and build another product and build something that not only allows them to get the data, but they can also email that data all in one solution. And that's where we came up with the idea of AutoClose, um, which started in 2017. Okay. And uh, I was reading it, you started it with like th just a three-man team. It was just you and your buddies. You know what? It's funny you say that. So it was myself, um, uh, a friend of mine who I knew from another company I, start I was working at. And then it was one of my best friends I brought on to do sales. It was a perfect timing. He was working for hedge funds and working investment banking downtown, kind of getting sick of, you know, the whole every night you got to go entertain clients, go to hockey games, drink at bars, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, the hard life. That's such the hard life. Yeah, I guess staying up till four in the morning and being up for eight, you know, for many years. And he was yeah. a little bit older than us. Uh, I think we're a little bit younger. Um, so he wanted a change and he came in and it was three of us in a, in a boardroom um, and literally um, we, when we launched the, the product, I kind of made a big like pre-launch like six months before. So we actually launched AutoClose. We had about 800 people waiting for demos, but I only had two people. So it was, it was a very chaotic 18 hour days, every 30 minutes doing a demo. And let's just say by the end of the day, I had no voice. It was me doing most of them. So it was having no voice for about six months. That's, that's, that's part of the hustle, you know, when you're starting out, you're bootstrapping it. I'm guessing you kind of bootstrap most of it. It was all bootstrap. We, we didn't raise any money. Well, funny enough, so we talked about my first business. And what I did was we had a whale of a client that we signed on for the first business Ooh. that actually paid for the second business. So what we did was we bootstrapped it, um, didn't take any money, which, you know, as a founder, I would do it again. It's a lot more work at the front, but you know what? There's nothing like not reporting to somebody in a boardroom and telling them mm -hmm. what you're doing with your money, how quickly you have to scale, uh, et cetera. So I'm kind of happy we did the bootstrap way. And if I did it again, I'd probably probably do it again. Okay. Yeah, no, we uh, we just interviewed a gentleman who uh, does auto uh, does uh, um, 
artist republic and he yep. he uh he's jumping into the he's investing now he's got investors now so he went from bootstrapping to the investor side and he's like there's pros and cons to both so i'm I, i'm interested because you fully you're going to be fully exiting a full bootstrap business so it's going to be interesting to see if your next one is going to be uh, an investing one an investor one so you kind of have the money but you still have to report to people well you know what I'm so with the transition now. I'm with a bigger company, obviously, and it is a big change for me. Um, I just feel like when you're bootstrapped and you and you're working, it's like you know you're go go go. You're hustle hustle hustle. And when you're with a bigger company, it's like okay, now we're process oriented. Now you got to have twelve meetings to accomplish something that should take thirty minutes. And you know a feature release that I used to just say. Just release the feature. We're going to have some bugs. We'll fix them along the way. It's like, nope, it has to be perfect. It's going to take two, three months to develop. So I'm going through it right now. It's a, it's a bit of a change, a bit of a transition for me. Um, but uh, bootstrapping is a lot of fun. But the fun part actually isn't when you start the company. It's when you become a little bit profitable and you grow the company. Those different growth hack ways to grow a company can be a lot of fun. Yeah, no, I, I've been watching a lot. I, I've been watching, um, I don't know if you do, Dan Martell. Um, another great Canadian uh, SaaS yeah. dude. Uh, so watching him and watching his Escape Velocity podcast is like, just like, oh my God. And listening to the people who've either bootstrapped or got the investors in, it sounds so much fun, but also so stressful, both sides. So, it, it, you know, it's definitely a roller coaster. I would say I had in two, three years, I'd be two or three, like, like not breakdowns, but like kind of like, you know, where you, where you have a bad month, you're like, am I going to be able to pay my employees next month? Like, are we going to be okay next month? Yeah, I had two or three of those, um, but I built it very lean. Um, I didn't, I was all about, um, you know, being profitable, yeah. you know, not worrying about anything else, but being profitable. Um, and then it grow from there. Um, and it, it worked really well, but uh, there was a few times it was like, you know, like, like the first year I took no salary. So for me, it was like, okay, well, I'm taking no salary. I, at that point, I have a girlfriend, like, is she going to want a guy that's making zero dollars? Like, <laughs> that's like, that's when you know if she's a ride or die. Like at that moment, yeah. you're like, is she ride or die? Or is she yeah. just here for the gold? It's like, you know, we're going to, we're going to be eating craft dinner every day for the next year. No, but you know what? She was my girl for the time. Um, when I started coming, now is my wife. So um, she definitely, so she is a ride or die. She so she was a ride or die. liked me as much as I made when I made zero dollars and as much when I made the exit. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's good. You, you got that good girl. She supported you. So that's, that's great. Um, so your first business was the lead gen and then you yeah. parlayed it into auto close, which is like a full service, I'm guessing. Sales so. engagement platform, similar to your sales loft, your outreach, et cetera. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. And what gave you the idea to do a business to business, uh, uh, business, <laughs> business to business, business. It's, it's a, it's a, you know, that's a great question. Um, originally, it was, I had B2B data, so I can only sell to business to business. But that's not to say, I've, I've spoken to some founders, one of them is actually a very good friend of Dan Martell, um, and business to consumer is not, it's, it's, it's very sexy as well. Uh, so I think I only got into it because I had the B2B data, and that was the first business I started. And I started building my own personal brand in that B2B community. Mm-hmm. So even now, when I'm thinking of different ideas, it's like, I almost feel like I've spent five years now building my personal brand in that B2B. It'd be tough to go to the B2C, but 
I mean, look at Amazon and all these other big companies that are B2C, and they do really a lot better than I did on my accent. <laughs> well, we did be, good, but not that good. Well, to be fair, you, you, did, you do have a team of 30, 37 people. Like, that's an accomplishment. You went from three to 37. That's an accomplishment. You, got, you have an exit that's probably you're very happy with, or else you wouldn't have exited. And yeah. now you're getting to see the other side. Because I'm, I'm coming from the banking world, so the finance world, so working for big companies. And slowly starting my little side hustle of podcast production so i i know what it's like to be in like 18 meetings and you're like this this could have been an email no, well guess what i come from the same world you come from i did my mba in finance and worked at the big banks here in canada before i became an entrepreneur yeah so yeah so okay. i know that industry very well one of the reasons why i got out <laughs> yeah i know it's uh, it's it's like my exit plan is like okay how can how fast can i get out how can i uh bootstrap my way up out of this so that I'm not yeah. beholden to someone else because being being your own boss is an amazing feeling but also must be stressful as all hell it, it is a you know it gets to be when you start growing and stuff it was an amazing feeling because you know why it was like you know I can go to Hawaii and work from the beach I can go on anywhere in the world I can and and as a business owner you get to expense a lot of your life as well so it's like <laughs> You know, you can buy you can buy a nice car and expense it. You can go on vacations expense. There's a lot of different things you can do as an owner. And now that I'm uh, I'm back as a, an employee, um, let's just say I make the same amount of money I did, but I'm cut in half because of the taxes and it's killing me. <laughs> I'm pretty sure after this 18 months, you're going to be already starting and take a couple months, maybe another, you know, four months, you know, get that full two years out. And then you'll be like, all right, let's, what's my next goal? Let's, let's jump into it. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I look at it like this. You can, you know, if you start your own business, you could work for somebody and make $150,000 or you can work for yourself and make $75,000. It's almost the same thing, mm -hmm. right? So there's a lot of write-offs you can do as a business owner. So I definitely think I'll be back at, at some point um, uh, in, the, in the bootstrapping business, probably a SaaS once again. Probably a little less lean than it was before, maybe a little more because you have that, that extra currency, you know, and you know, you already know all the tricks to go. Yeah, I think, I think the number one thing I would say is a lot of the mistakes. And anyone says they don't make mistakes. We made a lot of mistakes. Uh, a lot of things I learned throughout the process. Um, a lot of things I would do differently. And now that you know that, that's a wealth of experience in itself. So when you do the next one, it's like, okay, I remember build your SEO from day one. Don't start that in year two. Start it in year one. So different cool things like that that I, I did, you know, testing marketing stuff and content versus, you know, as I said, podcasts are are great. And I just started my own podcast last week, first, you know, just a week Congratulations. ago. So, um, I think it's, you know, a lot of different things that you learn that are really, um, you can get an ROI off some are for branding, but um, a lot of different things you learn along the way. Yeah. I, I'm, I, I think podcasting is like our generation's uh, radio. That's why I, I love talking to people because one, it's, it's fully controlled and you don't have to deal with the commercials. That's my big thing. Yeah. Commercials. I hate commercials. Yeah. Uh, podcasting is I can stop, play, listen, do a hundred things. So I'm glad you got a podcast. I'm going to definitely uh, listen to it. Uh, Cause hell <laughs> you exited a company. I might as well take some advice from you on your podcast. <laughs> and, and what we do is actually, we talk about it's a uh, zero to 5 million. So I talk about everything that, and I talk to founders of taking companies from $0 to five, million, all bootstrapped. Mm -hmm. um, but funny enough, about eight months from now, I'm going to be writing a book on everything I did throughout the whole three years to max from day one. Um, it's being started right now. So probably about, I would say early 2020, 2022, because I'm just a little bit busy right now. There'll be a Obviously. book. 
<laughs> you have a little work, you know, you still have a job, so you still have some. Yeah, you know. yeah, exactly. Oh, no, that's that's interesting. And you're getting that that book is going to probably be a, an amazing book to read because it's it's our generation. It's like our Warren Buffett's, our, you know, Robert Kiyosaki. Sky? I, I can't pronounce his last name. There we go. I can never pronounce his last name. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. So what, what was one of the biggest struggles you found when you were bootstrapping it, when you were right after you started getting that profit? Like, how did it feel to start hiring people? Because being with your buddies, you know, like that's that's fair. You know, you're all equal yeah. partners and then you're starting to be a boss. You know, you have employees that answer to you. Yeah, that's an amazing question. And, and I always tell people this, and people think uh, I'm totally wrong, but I always say the one thing I've learned in life is if you're going to hire quick, you better fire quicker. Meaning you're going to go through people. If they're, if you if you have somebody for a month and you realize they're not the, most, the cultural fit, they're not the worker, they don't have the same passion, vision as you, don't say, well, they're going to get better at some point. We're just going to let them give them another month. Give them another no, get rid of them right away. Um, so one thing I had problems with was hiring salespeople. And the reason why is, um, and, and not to try and be conceited or cocky, but I thought, I think I'm, you know. You're, you're a Canadian, salesperson. it's fine. You're allowed, you're allowed to be a little cocky. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm an amazing salesperson. So when I, when I hired a salespeople, it was always like, like I compared them to myself. And I'm like, well, like, like they're not like me. And then what happens is you hire people. And when you're bootstrapped, it's like you want to find a deal. So you want to hire somebody for a little bit less money. And you give them a job and you train them for three months on your product. And then they say, oh, well, across the road's offering me $10,000 more. I'm going to leave. And then what happens is I invested all this money training you and you've just taken everything I've trained you, everything I've taught you, and you've moved across the road. So finding good people was tough early on. But once you know, I made my first mistake um, in the first six months, never made that mistake again. And I will say to this day, I have the best team. Um, we are like literally a family. Still, everyone that moved over to the new company, Vanilla Soft, but we're all, we know each other personally. We know each other's dogs' names, kids' names, everything. And uh, until about two weeks ago, I actually never had a person quit. Ooh. And two weeks ago, it was one of our newer hires, and they, she quit. Um, we're still friends, but it was the first person I've had in about five years of being uh, a CEO have somebody quit. And that's because we've really developed and trained and mentor good people and help them with the most important thing, which is their own personal growth. That, that's an important thing. You're investing in your employees, which I think a lot of businesses, like big businesses forget to do. They forget that the employee is kind of a very essential part of the whole thing. Like the customers are important, but if you don't invest in your employees, you're not going to get the ROI that you want from, from them. They'll just be this, they come in, check in, check out. That's all it does. And I think being a small like small group, everybody's connected. So you, you have that chance to personal connection with all your employees. Yeah, and what we did was incentivize. Um, you know, I, I, I always, I speak to CEOs all the time and they talk about, should there be um, options in the company? You know, do you need commission plans? Like, you know, salespeople are motivated by money. Mm -hmm. So if you're not gonna give them some sort of commission plan or, or some sort of incentive, they're gonna clock in, like you said, at 9 a.m. and they're gonna leave at 5 p.m. So Always incentivize um, because if you can get the good, if you can get good people, it's going to cost you less in the long run because you won't have to train all those people that come in and out of your company. Yeah, and that saves you money in the long run and keeps you yeah. uh, even more profitable. Um, 
did you, when you started uh, AutoClose, did you did you expect to be able to exit so quickly after starting no. it? We weren't even looking for an exit. Um, I was still in growth mode. Uh, what happened was I was at the SAS North Conference in Ottawa. Great conference every year. And about 20 feet away was uh, a company in the same space, sales engagement space, but they focused on phone SMS. And the CMO came over and just saw our platform. We showed a demo in our booth. And he goes, I want you to speak to the CEO. And the next day, the CEO came and said, oh, I, you know, we're looking to add email as our multi-channel. Like, are you interested in getting acquired? And I've always been one of the people saying, like, give me an offer. I'll always listen, but like never expected it to actually happen. We ended up meeting in Toronto a few times. Um, you know, we got, you know, just like any negotiation, it was a, a long 10 month negotiation. Got our first offer, which um, was a lot, uh, was a lot less than I was even gonna think of. Um, so that was kind of the floor. And then I came back with the ceiling and said, this is what I expect because we were still growing 40, 50% year over year. Um, you know, during the pandemic, we were, we were accelerating. Um, yeah. because more people want to send emails. You can't, you can't be doing calls. We were just growing. The U S dollar was helping us because we were charging in U S we're here in Canada, a lot of different things. Smart. <laughs> love the one thing I love about being Canadian is that we can charge in the American American and all our banks take American money. We can have American bank accounts without any problems. So it's oh, genius yeah. for us. It was amazing. So it ended up happening over 10 months back and forth negotiation, a very long process, another great experience. And we ended up coming to a number where I felt like, um, for me, it was a good number, but I was also, as I said, I'm always important for my team. And, you know, some of my team members had options and I was like, you know what, this number is a life changer to some people. And at that point I said, it's not all about me. It's about, I can change some people's lives in my company, which I did, you know, bought them all their first house, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and that was more important to me. So it was good timing. Um, it was I feel where the space is going, sales engagement, I think just in SaaS in general, consolidation is going to be happening. A lot of mergers and acquisitions in the near future. Uh, I saw a report yesterday from MarTech that there's 7,000 SaaS companies basically doing the same thing, marketing, sales, CRMs, et cetera. So I think it was good timing. Um, and uh, and it, was, it was an exciting exit for me. But as I said earlier in the show, I haven't been able to enjoy it yet. No. <laughs> COVID's kind of, you know, putting that at a halt. And so I was also looking on your personal website, Sean Fine. You're a, uh, an angel investor. Yes. So um, even before I sold the company, I was, I've always been a, a very big investor early on. Um, so I'm investing in a few companies right now. Um, there's another company called Lead Delta I'm working on, um, or a friend of mine's working on that I'm kind of invested in. Um, so I do invest a lot. Um, I do a lot of keynote speaking. And, uh, and lately, I've actually taken some advisory roles. So I'm starting to be an advisor for... SaaS companies, um, you know, there's one in Montreal, so I'm trying to help out actually Canadian companies. Um, love that, love that. I'm also working with Mars. I'm trying to get in with Mars and here in Toronto so that I can give some free advice to, um, to SaaS companies here in Canada. Because I feel like, you know, I've been through a lot through this acquisition and I could help people save, you know, thousands of dollars and, and months and months of work by just telling them different things I learned through the uh, through the experience. I love sharing that content, which is why I kind of built the podcast so I can provide all that information to, um, you know, everybody, but more importantly, my fellow Canadians. I, I love that. I, I think that's one of the, the best things about Can Canadian cultures. We're very, we're so 
socialist, if you will, that we love sharing with everybody. Yeah. Like we, we don't hoard the knowledge to ourselves because we know the more we give, the better it comes back to us. Like, like you said, you've helped some of your employees buy their first home. Like how many bosses can I actually say by exiting my company, I helped them buy their first home. And yeah. that that's like you said, life changing. And that puts you on a scale, another scale, another level than most bosses. Like if yeah. you, if I was working for you and you helped me get my first house, I'd be like, yo, what do you need, Sean? You have a body somewhere needs bearing. I'll help you, man. Like houses, especially yeah. in Toronto, houses are not cheap. Oh, I'm going through it right now. I'm looking for my new home. So they got their home and I'm the one, the CEO here is still looking for my new home. Um, but it's a, it's a, yeah, it's definitely a, a crazy, crazy market here, but uh, hopefully soon we're going to see every day, but uh, it's a tough market in Toronto. That's for sure. Oh yeah, no, I have a few friends who live in Toronto and uh, they bought their first place or first condo and they're like, I hate it. It's so bad. Cause like here, like what we can buy for half a mil here is like a mansion compared to what you can get in Toronto for half a mil. So yeah, yeah that's, that's a, that's, it's so great that I, I can see another Canadian like being, becoming bigger, you know, and we're becoming more and more in the uh, global market. I find uh, with our SaaS, more SaaS businesses and that. Yeah. There's a lot of entrepreneurs. It's, it's amazing. I'm part of the entrepreneur society here in Toronto and, and it's great to see what's going on to be honest. It's not only Toronto, it's all over Canada. I mean, uh, one of the companies I spoke to, you know, is in Montreal, another one is Alberta, even Winnipeg. They're, they're literally all over Canada. It's great to see. So, um, you know, I do have a little bit of extra time right now. So I'm really trying to help everyone out uh, as much as possible. So um, that's one of my new initiatives this year was to become an advisor for three different SaaS companies. Um, so I've, I've locked into one. I'm looking for two more now. I, I highly doubt that you won't find them. I know you will find them and you'll, <laughs> you'll help them exit out if they want to exit or whatever. Cause you have that, you have that Canadian niceness. It's the Canadian niceness and it's the best thing in the world. Cause everybody is like, I can trust a Canadian. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, that, that was the, the funny thing when we, we got acquired by a company out of uh, Gatineau, uh, their oh. head office in Gatineau in Ottawa. And funny enough, it was one of the things that he said when he actually acquired it, he goes, to be honest, like, Knowing that you guys are four hours away, getting to meet us in person, shake our hand and do all that kind of stuff. And knowing it's a fellow Canadian, um, you know, with the same vision, same. It was one of the reasons why they actually acquired us. Yeah, that's that's great. See, it's already paying off for you. Being a nice guy is paying off because you got this great. <laughs> they usually activity. say nice guys finish last, but not this time. <laughs> uh, well, you know, we, we finish last, but we always finish ahead of everybody else. That's how I, I look at it. Agreed, agreed. No one's going to get mad at us. We're, we're trying to help you. And you're like, oh, I can't be mad at you. Have you ever tried to be mad at someone who's nice? It doesn't work. It's, it's tough. Yeah. It's tough. Um, so when you were, what were some of the, what, what was one big challenge you had when you were starting the bootstrapping it? Like either, either business, either your uh, auto clothes or your lead gen business. So the, the one challenge we had, and, and I, I, as I said, I come from a competitive background, so I love challenges, was I was bootstrapping a company and competing against the company and competing against two companies that raised over $400 million. But my challenge was I still wanted to steal their business. And I was successful. So sales loft and outreach were our competitors at the time when we started auto close. And it was like, okay, well, we don't have a marketing budget. We spent $0 in marketing yet. We've never spent a dollar in marketing. Oh, we don't do any retargeting, no Google ads, Facebook ads, LinkedIn ads. We never spend money on it. And that was one of the biggest challenges was trying to try and get a company profitable and scale it 
but at the same time, not to fall too far behind from the people that are doing things really well in the, in the same category. So that was a challenge we had, but we found our niche. We found, you know, we said, I said to my, my guys, one day I sat them down on one of our town halls and say, listen, let sales loft and outreach get every enterprise client. We don't want them. Let's focus just on the small and medium sized businesses, what they're not going after and put a price point where we can tackle them. And that's what we did. We ended up going after that specific niche, letting them, if it was an enterprise company that came to us, we said, use sales loft or outreach. But if it was a small one, we would tell them why we are better than a sales loft or outreach. That's smart. That's, that, that's pretty much, that's a genius idea. You found your niche. It's the small businesses are under undervalued. Exactly. But they're, they're the ones that are really pay your bread and butter and they'll be with you for nearly life if you give them a good enough service. You got it. Exactly. Value, value, value. That's all it is. It's all value. <laughs> that's what you I gotta continue to get value. Yeah, it's and uh, one of the other the guy who was talking about auto uh, with uh, Artists Republic, he was saying, don't give free, give 99 cent value, get that one dollar. And if instead of getting that free, did you have any did you do free trials or did you do the one dollar idea? That is uh, amazing. You bring that up. So two weeks into starting auto close, I went to uh, a live event here in Toronto with the Drift CEO, David Cancel. He was speaking. And he mentioned on that, and he goes, never give anything for free at the beginning. I'm like, oh, you want people to try. He goes, you want them to have something in there with you, something. So what I did for our first 50 clients on our demos, my first 50 demos, I said, Bill, how much would you pay for a tool like AutoClose? He's like, well, I don't know, like $30 a month. It's yours, go. I had one guy that says, well, right now I can't afford anything. So I'd probably only give you a dollar. I'm like, it's yours. Go. So what I did was for the first 50 clients, they decided their pricing. I said, what is it worth to you? And they told me they could have said 50 cents, $10, $5. And they're still grandfathered at the price. But you want, even if they're paying 50 cents, you want to have some sort of credit card attached to that subscription. Something that holds them accountable that they're actually paying for you and believing in you and believing in the future of your company. So we did that. Um, now we offer a free 14-day trial, but for our first, you know, 50, 100 clients, it was it was whatever you want to pay, we would sign you up for. That's that's a smart thing, that, but that also tells you where your market value is going forward. Because if people are saying, oh, this is a $50 thing, you're like, okay, I know we can charge $50 because we have X amount of people paying the $50. So that's yep. that's a genius way to figure out your pricing as well. So how we did that was exactly like you said, we started off with that. And then the next we started at $19.99. And then every three months we raised the $10 until we found where we had people dropping off at that price. So we went from $19.99 to $29.99 to $39.99 to $49.99 to $50.99. At $50.99, we felt people were starting to drop off, moved it right back down to $4.99. And we've been at that for a year and a half now. Oh, that's uh, that's a smart business plan right there. Jeez, oh, <laughs> wish I thought of that. <laughs> but so you you figured out your your uh, you didn't do any marketing and for for the whole time you never did any spend any money on marketing any paid marketing. We did do a lot of content, so we had okay, people yeah. in house doing content and SEO uh, after year one, but we never did Facebook ads. We never did. Google ads. We never did LinkedIn ads. We tried it for like two weeks. It was never a good return on our investment. 
Um, we did a bit of retargeting once, stopped that, but we never had a budget for marketing. It was more word of mouth, referrals, and then, you know, using our own tool. We have a sales tool, so we had our, our sales team using the own tool we use. And LinkedIn. That's LinkedIn was a big asset um, early on. It's, it's turned to more of a spammy thing now, but when we started five years ago, it was a lot different. Yeah, no, I've, I've, I, I'm on LinkedIn and the, the amount of uh, <clears throat> pitches I get. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot it's, more than it was five years ago. Yeah, so I fully feel that. And I'm getting it on Facebook as well. Like they're trying to, they're doing both and it's, it's, it's spammy. Yeah. But I think that's more because of COVID and everybody trying to get into, you know, become an entrepreneur. Yeah. So one question, uh, not one question, I have thousands of questions, but what advice to someone starting off in the SaaS world, starting their first SaaS business? Okay. The first thing I said when I started my SaaS business was I looked at Jigsaw, saw they got acquired for hundred million. I'm like, I'm going to build a company and sell it in three months and be a millionaire. <laughs> it doesn't happen. Okay. It's, uh, it's a walk. It's, it's a, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Um, you got to have patience. You're going to have a roller coaster, be ups and downs, but just, you know, stick to the process. And at, at some, the, the hard work that you put in um, at one day, you'll get it out. I remember back in the day, like I'd be, you know, working in coffee shops. I'd had no office. I'd be working. In, like I would just be everywhere. I'd be doing, I'd be doing support. I was doing sales. I was doing everything. But as long as you keep working hard, um, it'll all pay off um, sometimes sooner than later. But, um, you know, I was pretty shocked that we got acquired in about two years um, and grew the company so big. So just continue at it. It's good. It's, it's not going to happen overnight, though. That's my number one thing I would say. Okay. Um, what was one of the best moments, apart from getting acquired? Because I'm pretty sure that was a, like a huge moment for you, popping the champagnes and that. But what was another big moment, like a big win that you felt you had when you, were, you started AutoClose? One of the biggest wins was... Um, uh, getting one of the largest telecom companies, Rogers, everyone knows Rogers here in Canada, yep. as our client. Uh, once I got Rogers as a client, I walked in there um, off a cold email, got a meeting, had about seven meetings, got in there, did a presentation, got them on as a client and said to myself, you know what, I just got Rogers as a client. The world is my oyster now. And I was after that, I was like, can't be scared to go after any company at any size of any revenue. Just go after them because if you can get into a big company like that, you know, you built a good enough platform that they're going to take it. A lot of other people can use it as well. That is, that's a big win for you. Getting... It was, uh, let's just say um, what our first year was about 65% of our revenue. <laughs> Nearly did a spit take there. Uh, damn, that's a, that's a whale of a climb. It was a right? big win. <laughs> that's a huge, that, that puts a big, like your chest must have been popped when that happened. Yeah, yeah. Definitely walked out of that office with my chest popping out. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, wow. Rogers. Yeah. So for people who aren't in Canada, Rogers is like the second biggest telecom community, telecom company in Canada. The first being Bell, but Bell just yeah. owns everything. That's why. Um, it would be like an AT&T or T-Mobile. Yeah. That would be like that. roughly right. there. Yeah. Um, what's your plan for the future? Like, It's a great question. Um, right now, the plan is to continue to grow vanilla software. We are right now for 18 months potentially stay, uh, kind of see where the company is going, see where they're hitting their numbers, see if they're hitting their vision, if they're, you know, where they want to go with the product, see where the market's going. Um, but uh, I would say definitely at some point I'll, I'll start something else. Is that 
three years down or five years, one year, I haven't made that decision. Um, I'd still like to just take that one vacation where I can sit down and enjoy myself and uh, enjoy, enjoy some of the, the, the luxuries of the acquisition. Yeah. Um, but um, I definitely think I'll be advising, doing consulting, um, and then starting something at some point. That's good. That's good. No, I, I think that's a good thing. Take a little break, you know, relax a little before you jump back into the uh, bootstrapping world of business. Yeah. Um, would you... Uh, would you ever stay permanently at uh, Vanilla Soft and just stay with them the whole? Road? I mean, it's an option. Um, you know, I kind of, I, I'd love to. Not putting you on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I, I'm kind of, you know, I don't like to commit to anything really, but I'd like to see where they are a year from now. Um, okay. You know, I think we have a we have a good roadmap uh, over the next uh, eight months. See where we go. See if we are a number. See how the team's doing. The company's doing. Um, but you know, as I said, you know, it was a, there is equity in there for me, so there's incentive for me to continue to grow that Vanilla Soft brand and continue to help them. Um, but I, I, I just know at some point with myself, at some point I'll probably start something new. But uh, I don't see that in the, the the near near future. But you know, who knows? I'm still at the age right now where uh, I still have a few more I want to get under my belt. Of course. Um, so. Have you done a lot of public speaking or a lot of conferences talking about your auto clothes or how's that yeah. going? So we we did a lot. I did a lot before the uh, before COVID, but lately, um, yeah, I've been doing some. It's all been virtual. Uh, I spoke at a tech exit conference, talking about our exit uh, four months ago. I'll be speaking in April first at uh, for the city of Hamilton and BDC. So um, I'm also speaking with Mars. Um, the Mars community here in Toronto. So doing some different speaking, as I said, I'm just trying to expand my knowledge to everybody um, that's starting SaaS so I can kind of give as much input as possible. So, um, but I love doing speaking events. I love talking about it. Uh, I love talking about more of the mistakes than the wins because I think people can, could learn more from that. But as you mentioned earlier today, you know, it's all about value. And as long as I can continue to provide value, I'm, I'm, I'm more than happy to speak at events. No, it's true. It's value, value, value. The more value you give, the more value you'll end up getting. Because um, chasing money won't you won't make money. But if you chase the value, that's when money comes. Money comes. <laughs> but also, you you. It doesn't matter if someone else takes your value that you give them and they get more money. They make more money than you because you can say they took it from me. Because you're going to be part of someone else's story. You know, like you're part of your employee, your team's story about like yeah, my boss helped me buy my first house by exiting out the company, you know? So we're getting acquired, not exiting, well, both. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna, you, you're gonna be, you're gonna, you're in a rush. So uh, we're gonna cut it short. I'm gonna okay. give you uh, five minutes here, just, or you have up to five minutes, just promote anything you want. Tell us about Vanilla Soft and all that stuff. Perfect. So uh, yeah, start with Vanilla Soft, uh, sales engagement platform, um, more multi-channel. So if you're looking for, you know, when doing um, SMS, phone calls, VoIP, et cetera, they have an amazing tool. Um, the reason why they acquired us was for our email. So auto-close is more email-based. So if you're just stick, strictly looking for email, auto-close the tool. But soon enough, you'll be able to do all multi-channel through VanillaSoft. Um, I would say my our podcast, we launched our podcast last week. It's called the Zero to Five Million Podcast. We talked to founders that have brought companies from zero to five million SaaS companies. It launched last week, had our first six episodes launched, and I'm doing a lot of recordings this week. So 
Um, hopefully, uh, hopefully that succeeds. And I'm starting a book, but the book will be probably about seven, eight months away. Um, we're trying to make it, uh, you know, 150 pages of basically value. Like you said, all the different mistakes we made, how to grow a company in month one to month 18, how to exit the company, et cetera. So looking forward to that. Um, and, uh, you know, trying to do some keynote speaking and advising. So if anyone wants any, or anyone has any questions about anything we talked about today, um, I'm an open book. Feel free to email me, uh, sean at autoclose.com. Um, connect with me on LinkedIn. I love talking about SaaS. I love talking about the exit. I love talking about, uh, I love helping organizations. Um, you don't have to be in Canada, but I love helping Canadians uh, a lot. So uh, feel free to reach out at any time with any questions. That's awesome. Sean, I want to thank you so much for being a guest. This was an amazing, I love connecting with Canadian entrepreneurs because it's always value, like not saying other people don't give values, but like just connecting with a Canadian, seeing the amazingness that a fellow Canadian has done, you know, exited out a, a company <laughs> feels amazing to see a, a win for the, uh, the Canadian side. And I don't think we boast enough about our wins, yeah. except for hockey. We win in hockey. <laughs> well thanks for having me on the show this was a lot of fun and uh um if, if the audience wants i'd be more than happy to come on again and, and, and dig deeper into the acquisition oh you're you are more than welcome to come back uh i can't wait to drop this episode so I, we can get so much feedback thank you again sean and uh, have a great day and good luck finding your home <laughs> your new home <laughs> Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to uh, the conversation with Sean. Um, please make sure you check out his podcast that he's launched, uh, Zero to Five Million Podcast. Uh, link is the top link in the uh, show notes down below. As well, check out his company. Uh, link, uh, get to him on LinkedIn. It would be great. As well as his personal website. And check out his podcast LinkedIn profile as well. Ladies and gentlemen, I am, of course, Phil Better. This is the Phil, uh, the Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. I wish you guys all the best and remember to uh, invest in yourself.